because he is the joy of the world, isn't he? And that joy lives inside of us. It's not a happiness, yeah? Joy is not happiness. It's more than that. It's greater than that. Joy actually overcomes depression. It overcomes anxiety. It overcomes the turmoil that's in the world today. And it does that. It makes us smile. How good is that? Maybe we just needed that reminder, yeah? <laughs> hey, how time flies. Mel and I went away for two weeks with the family, the boys. And I feel like it was like forever ago. But it was so much fun. It's really nice to be back. But I've got to admit that we're planning for the next one already. <laughs> like it was just so good to be away um, in the sunshine. Actually, it was a little bit hot in Mildura at times. You know, there was some... No, 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 no. I, you know, I don't mind heat. But when you feel like your head is stuck inside an oven and you're just breathing that hot air, it makes it really difficult. You want to be able to breathe underwater. Um, but <laughs> apart from all that, it was, it was really good. We got to sleep in. We got to relax. You know? um, the kids would get up and put a movie on. We'd always have a movie that they could watch in the morning so that they could let us sleep in. Mel's sleep in probably went till about 7, 7.30, and then she went out and did a run and exercise and stuff like that. I pretty much didn't move or rustle until after she returned. <laughs> I, I caught up on lots and lots and lots of sleep. What I realised is I still need a few more weeks to catch up on some more. But it was really good coming back last Sunday. I, um, I thought it was brilliant at decorating the tree. It was, it was just so much fun with the kids. For those that were here, it was a wonderful, just it was time of family. It was just lovely to have the tree in the middle, to have the kids decorating it, you know, people throwing decorations on, the barbecue outside, the people who organised that. It was just great. I, I loved that. I loved coming back to family, you know. Um, and I think at Christmas time, that's what we think about. It's what we, it's what we look forward to and that's what we dread, the coming together of the family, you know. The bigger, the bigger it is, the more we breathe in and go, oh my goodness, but we enjoyed time with family. And so I really, we really appreciated being away, but we loved coming back. So that was, uh, it was good fun. It was good fun to see the family in action on Sunday. It was really special. And for me, I, I don't know if you realise just how special family is. I don't know if you realise just how special the church family is. To be able to see the kids do what they were doing and playing and, you know, some dads, I think it was Andy Chappell, um, had... had uh, one of his kids on his shoulders and then some of the, the older kids that just ran through here like a hurricane were holding the hands of some of the younger kids and there were people helping. It was, just, it was really just a lovely night. It was, a, it was actually a beautiful night. So I, I look forward to that every year. I look forward to, to seeing w what else we can do. I look forward to Ben finding a bigger tree than that. You know? Good luck with that, my friend. <laughs> you got one? Come on, we've got one. So... Anyway, it was nice to be away. But one of the things while we were away, and I'll, I'll, I'll just pray in a second, was getting to watch my boys do what they do. And it was really interesting because it's what I want to talk about today because I think they touched on something that's just been simmering in me anyway in relation to church life and God and his plan, yeah? So let's just quickly pray. Father, have your way in the word. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you realise that when, God, when Jesus himself prayed for the dead, it only took about three or four words, yeah? We don't have to be long-winded to pray. I'm just putting it out there for those that sometimes say they have no time. It can be really, really quick as long as you're focused on him, amen? Yeah. All right. Now, 
The boys, while we were away, seemed to make friends. In that second half of the first week, um, there was three or four families that arrived, and they were all related, you know, cousins and uncles and grandfather, and every family, seriously, every family felt like they had a tribe, a basketball team of their own. It felt like there was like 16 kids that just rolled up. And so my boys made friends with these kids, different ages, different heights, different sizes, different volumes, male, female, loud, obnoxious, rude, kind, lovely, gentle. Like, and they made friends with all these kids. And, and it was really cool because it, it meant that this mixed bag of kids, this mixed bag of lollies actually was, came together in friendship and, and it meant that this eclectic group of kids looked after themselves. They just looked after themselves. They never met each other before. But all of a sudden, they're best friends. Harvey's doing this. So-and-so is doing that. That's, that's blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just, I can't even remember the names. I just remember there was a couple of kids that were coming in and out of our unit, you know. But they, they looked after themselves. They played together. They, they played in the playground together. They, they played in the games room together. You know, they broke the teddy machine together. You know, they, 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 they played together. Well, they thought it would be a good... My son thought it would be a good idea to put a straw down where the coin goes. Hey, go figure, you know. Like, and then wondering why the coins don't go in. But, you know, look, they had a successful couple of weeks. They won 12 teddies. That was my kids alone, you know. I don't know whether that cost us $24, $2 a shot or whatever it is, or whether it cost us $100, I really don't know. But they played everywhere together, they were in the pools together, you know, the boys would come and say, look, we're going over to that unit with so-and-so, we're watching this movie, they just did stuff together. It, was just, it really was so good to see, they shared, they shared their sweets, they shared their food, you know, they shared their ice creams, you know, it, was, it was brilliant, they embraced each other. And, and for that period of time, they did life together. They had fun. And for those that know my boys, for those that know Mel and I, my boys can argue sometimes. They get it from the other side of the family. <laughs> but the other side. <laughs> they can be competitive really competitive, like exceptionally competitive. Even just to see who gets around the corner first, picks up a ball first, turns the TV on first, jumps on the couch first, gets up from the table at dinner time first. Like, who gets out of the bath water quicker than the other after they've just jumped in? You need to use the soap, boys. Just a thought. But with this group of kids, the best in them brought out the best in my boys. They never argued. They never yelled. We didn't hear them. In fact, we had to go looking for them. Because where are they? It's too quiet. Then you'd listen to laughter and you'd sort of walk and you'd find them. Like they were transformed. These competitive and sometimes argumentative boys the best of the others brought out the best in them. And it was, it was cool to watch. Because as we realised that, it allowed Mel and I to kick back and chill out and relax and just do what we wanted to do, rest. We didn't have to worry. Because they were occupied. And I just want to suggest that I can't help but think that that's exactly what we're meant to experience in the life of the church. 
this camaraderie, this friendship, that the best of you brings out the best in me. Yeah? Like it was just so special to see. You know, you look at the disciples in the Bible. I mean, there's a rowdy bunch. You know, I mean, tell me they, they weren't competitive. <laughs> there's an eclectic bunch of men, really, weren't they? Fishermen, tax collectors, mummy's boys. Like seriously, yeah, look, you do some study on the 12. Man, they're an eclectic bunch of men. Yet they got together and, and at times they had faith and they walked on water. At times there was no faith and they sank. Yeah. Uh, they were angry people. That's why two of them, you know, the sons of thunder, they had a bit of go inside of them. They were an eclectic bunch of men. They were competitive. Think about it. John raced Peter to get to the tomb first. Think about it. Really? Jesus isn't there? Pfft. No walking together. Let's not, let's not do this together. They were competitive. They were, they were a different bunch of people from different nationalities and different backgrounds and, and different cultures. They were impulsive. They were emotional. They were even confused. Who's this man who the waves and the wind listened to? They even had doubt, didn't they? No, no, before I believe that that's really you, show me the holes in those hands, you know? But this eclectic bunch of people got together and they did life together. They were just ordinary people. Yet like my boys, they came together. They played together, they ate together, they probably washed together, they went into each other's homes when they were in, near their homes together. And though they had issues, though they had problems, like, let's face it, we all have problems, yeah? My boys have some issues at times. But the best in each of them brought out the best in all of them. I reckon that's pretty good. Well, we've got a painting falling. So, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke 10, because I've got a question to ask. Now, I'm hoping some of what I share is encouraging. To be honest, I'm hoping more of what I share is challenging. Because if the Word of God leaves you the same way that you are when you walk into the place, then the Word of God's not doing what the Word of God does, because the Word of God cuts through bone and marrow. Like a double-edged sword, yeah? It can be difficult and tough, but it brings out the best in us. It makes us more like the Word itself, more like Jesus. So Luke 10, verse 1. Why did the Lord do this? The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Now, in Christian work, and even you know, out, out, out in the world in counselling and stuff like that, generally speaking, you know, they, they, it's all about accountability. So in Christianity, if we're doing youth work and young adult work and stuff like that, we always make sure that you know, there's... Two, two workers, 
You know, if you're spending one-on-one time with people, you're not going to have a guy alone with a girl. You're doing things for accountability. You're doing things to make sure your backside is covered, yeah? Some of our backsides require more covering than others. Yeah, it's about accountability. But you know what? I, I don't know that that's why Jesus did it. I, I don't think it was about accountability. Now, we know where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst, but I, I actually think he did it for something else. I think we start to see the heart of God in what he's, what he's doing. Now, I know that some of this might, might challenge some of you, but I need to hear an amen. You know, we're not a quiet church. We're just not. That's why we do barbecues, you know. Otherwise, we'd have a pot roast, you know. We do stuff that's cutting edge. We've got a tree in the church, you know. With lights on it. Come on. We know we must be scaring the enemy. The spotlights out the front that light up Mount Clear Church of Christ have disappeared. Seriously. They were there yesterday, but now they're gone. The enemy must be frightened. He doesn't want people in the community to know we're here. Look, we're on the corner. Everyone can see us. <laughs> you don't have to steal our lights. I'll tell you what I think. I think the whole reason is the same as we've seen with my boys and the 12 disciples that lived and breathed out of each other's pockets for that period of time. Though different, they were focused. And though they were from different upbringings, the best in each of them brings out the best in each other. So I think it was done, the whole reason, was so that those two people that went out in pairs could experience life together. I actually think that he put... um, Melanie with Crystal, so as they go and visit people and as they pray for people, they see the things of God together, but they actually are getting to know one another. They're actually doing life together. And everything that Melanie has in that journey, Crystal experiences, and everything that Crystal has in that journey, Melanie experiences. And I actually think that he sent them out in pairs so that they could experience all that they could experience with one another. Because your experience isn't mine and mine's not yours, but together there's a wholeness that comes. And we miss the boat in church when we're doing life on our own. Because there's a reason that he did that. There's a reason that he sent them out two by two. You know, even, you think about it, they would have shared their ups and downs. They would have shared their times of sickness and anxiety and pressure and joy and jubilation. They would have experienced all of that together. And then when they came back, the testimony of the two, oh, now it's a bit more powerful, isn't it? Yeah? You know, I looked at the boys and they had a focus. They wanted to play. You look at the 12 disciples and they had a focus. It was Jesus. You know, for those that haven't yet got a Logos this week, grab one. I wrote uh, in the Logos this. I wrote, I see a church where people can come and be planted in the house. I see a church where people can come and grow in the Lord. I see a church where people can come and discover their authentic and original design. I see a church where people can come and grow in friendship and true relationship. I see a church where people can come and find family. We sang it this morning. In fact, I love the fact that, that Roz touched on it even before she, she got off the stage. We're all family. If you don't see faces here, remember we're all family. Yeah? Come on. Tell me that wasn't a prompting of the Holy Ghost. I see a church where the overflow of whose we are and who we are changes the community around us. 
I see a church where we do life with Father God and with each other. I see a church that brings glory to his name. Mount Clear Church of Christ to engage with our God, his church and his people. I reckon that's a glorious picture of a church. I reckon that's a beautiful picture, a wonderful dream. And for a long time, I reckon that's, you know, as I looked at that, I reckon that was me. That was mine. That's what I saw. Just me, what I dreamed. But as I, and as we move closer to Christmas, you know, we've got the tree there, we're remembering the birth of Jesus, we're remembering that the baby comes into our midst vulnerably, we remember that, that, that this whole focus is God the Father putting his plan into action, yeah? All to bring us back into right relationship with him. The closer we get to Christmas, the more I come to realise it's not what I see. It's not what I dream, it's, it's not just my vision. I'm actually realising that I'm seeing and dreaming what God sees. That everything that I picture is actually his heart. It's what I see. Because when I look at the birth of his son and when I look at what transpired and when we look at the word, I'm understanding that what I see and what I imagine and what I dream is actually, that's his heart. And he placed this in my heart. And he's placed the vision and dream in me, his desire, his purpose. And as we celebrate Christmas, as we come around our dinner tables and we have food, and if you've got, seriously, if you don't have an Italian background, I'm sorry, because, man, the food, the food is awesome. Like, you go to my mum's and it's awesome. And it's just like, it helps to maintain my figure. It is brilliant. You know, we give gifts to friends. We give gifts to family. In it all, I see God's heart. I see what he desires and I see what the church is and I see what the church could be. Amen? An eclectic group of people. Different walks of life, different nationalities, different cultures. Coming together with one focus, Jesus. Where the best of us brings out the best in each other where we do life together every day. The boys did life together with those other kids every day. The disciples did life together every day. When, they, when the 72 were sent out in pairs, they did life together in their journey every day. Now, the, the disciples were able to put aside all of their differences and journey so closely and intimately together, didn't they? And I believe that's our dad's desire for the church. And, it's, and that's what he wants his people, is to journey closely and intimately together, laying aside all of our differences. That's his idea. That's his vision. That's his plan. That's his dream. And now, now I can have a look and say, okay, I know where that's come from. I'm picking that up. That's now my vision. That's now my dream. That's now my plan. And you know what, church? I'm gonna, let's challenge you. I reckon that he's put that same dream, that same plan, and that, that same vision in each and every person, in each and every church across the globe. Have a look at two, 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. It reads, For God saved us, and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, 
But because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Before the beginning of time, it was his plan to show you and I his grace. Before the beginning of time, it was his plan to bring you back into his family. Yeah, Because grace is us receiving what we don't deserve. Yeah, Before the beginning of time, he planned to bring you back into his family. To be amongst brothers and sisters, fellow believers, his family. It was his plan to give us what we didn't deserve. In fact, he wanted to give us a seat at the Christmas dinner table where all the food is lavished out. Psalm 23.5, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The emphasis, here's the word prepare. That means to make ready beforehand. He didn't set it up when you got here. He prepared it even before you came. That was his plan before the beginning of time. Amen? That was what Papa had done for you. He placed a seat at the table for you and me. It was Papa that brought you and I together in this place. He was the one that brought us all to Mount Clear. You can call it your decision if you like. But he was the one that brought you here. He knew where you would be and when you would be. Different places, different locations, different nationalities. It was always, it was always, it was always him. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He knows the plans he has for us. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the plans he has for me. And in fact, you're going to love this. He knew those plans before the beginning of time. Yeah? Weren't plans that he made up when you said yes to Jesus, when you were born into a Christian family and your parents said, by the way, we believe in in a God? No, before the beginning of time. Man, that's really exciting. Some of you have got to get this joy into your spirit. My goodness gracious me. Like, this is exciting stuff. So it's no surprise to me when I see what he sees. Because if I'm in him and his fullness is in me, because we know that God places his fullness in the Son and the Son now lives in us, so we have the fullness of God inside of us, it should be no surprise that you now see what God sees and feel what he feels and desire what he desires. Why do you think when you see someone who's homeless or hungry that inside of you there's a stirring? Do you think that's you? It's not you, it's him. It's always been him because he's inside of us. And the desires he has, he has had since the beginning of time. They're not new. They might be new for us because the more we get to know him, the more we understand, yeah? And the more we see. So it's so clear, Christmas is all about family. It's all about gathering together. It's about celebrating together. It's about being with one another It's not a coincidence that at this time of year we focus on Jesus coming to earth as a baby. It's no coincidence that our actions at this time of year is what God has always desired, his children together. You know, more people go to church Christmas Day, you know, and Easter than any other day across the globe. 
It's no surprise that people get together for those days. Some of them, it's just for their own satisfaction. But that's God's heart. It's God's heart to bring his children together, doing and sharing and experiencing life together. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, their desire is to bring us together. Why? Why do they want to bring us together? I'm out of water. I'm glad you asked the question. I'll answer it with another question. Why does this God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, create the universe? Why does he create the birds and the fish and the air and the trees and the spiders and the spiders and the spiders and the snakes and the snakes and the snakes? The flowers, the smells, the perfumes, the rivers, the oceans. Why? Why? Why does he create the entire universe and then, upon doing all of that, he creates you and me? Upon creating everything, he then creates you and me. This is what I think. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the triune God, yeah, that are living in their jiggy-jiggy-bam-bam all the time, in their dance, in their life, you got to remember, God is never alone, yeah? Create everything so that they can share everything with us. Yeah. Maybe you missed it, yeah? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit create the entire universe and everything that's in it so that they could share the entire universe and everything that's in it with us. Now, why would you go to so much trouble? It's really easy. Because the goal for Papa, the goal for God, the goal for Daddy is for us to be included. It's for us to be a part of it. He wants to include us in his life. He wants to include us in their life, the Trinity. He wants to include us in everything and everything that they experience, everything good, everything great, he wants us to experience the whole purpose of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is to bring us into the circle of their shared life. Their shared life. Their shared life. That's why it worked when my boys were sharing their life with one another. That's why it worked when the disciples got together with Jesus because they were sharing their life with one another. That's why he sent them out in pairs so that they could share their life together. And his purpose, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as they share their life, is to share it with us. God's not alone. God is not alone. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They do everything together. Do you understand that God can't say, hey, listen, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you guys hang out here for a minute, have a latte. I'm just going to kick back on this side of the universe and I'm just going to say hello to a couple of my, my wonderful creations. Do you know that he can't, they don't, they're always together, they are separate, but all three are one, yeah? Do you remember the old song that we used to sing in church as kids? I mean, let's face it, I'm told constantly I can't sing, so I won't try. But Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all of them are three in one. And then, you know, you had the actions, do you believe in, amen? Who remembers that song? No one? Just this young Pentecostal kid that got saved when he was 19, yeah? 
I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to teach you some of these old ones. No chance. But the Trinity, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit do everything together. They mock tea together. They drink coffee together. They go for walks together. They celebrate together. They create together. Let us create in our image. They do everything together. They share their existence together. And then they created us. And they plan and they plan together for us. And what they came up for us, and when they planned for us, was that we would share their life with us together. It's us and together. It's all mixed in. To share their life as we share our life. We're all doing it together. And if we're missing that, we're missing the plan of God since the beginning of time. Daddy created us so that what they have together could be shared with us. Come on, you remember the picture? You've got the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and we're in the middle of them. Everything that they experience, we experience. Everything that they feel, we can feel. Everything that they desire and dream and see, we can desire, dream and see. Because we're in the Godhead. You and I are in the Godhead. We're not distant sinners. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And he pours out his blessings and shares his life with us. There's nothing hidden. He doesn't hide anything from us. And they, the Trinity, put us right there in the middle of them. As they're sharing their life together, they put us in the middle. In the middle of their together, they place us, you and me. Now, together with them, we experience life. Together with them, we pay the bills. Together with them, we have dinner with family. Together with them, we drive down the road. Together with them, we sleep. Together with them, we watch our favourite movie. We get excited, we get emotional, we get teary, we get angry. We get frustrated. We get jealous that someone's going to see the Star Wars movie before me. Together with them, we experience all of that. All the time. God calls us into their intimate circle, into the middle of their relationship to experience everything with them. To live with them, think like them, be with them, be like them. And we become more and more like them. Doesn't the scripture say from glory to glory and from you know, ever increasing glory and then from strength to strength? So do you know what happens when you spend enough time with the same person? You start to think like they think. You start to speak like they think. They speak. You start to see what they see. And you start to dream like them. What do you think it says in Isaiah 55.8? Isaiah 55.8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Yeah? And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. So if you spend time with negative people, I guarantee you, you will be negative. If you spend time with gossiping people, I guarantee you that you will gossip. So if you're in a circle anywhere in life that's negative or gossiping, can I suggest you do this? Point them to Jesus. Ask the question, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? And see their response. Yeah, Just see how you go with that. And see how long that circle remains negative and or gossiping. Okay, Because you've got the very power of God inside you to change the atmosphere by speaking one word, Jesus. 
What does he think about this? I don't know if he'd speak like that about that person. Now, if you spend time with joy-filled people, you're going to be joy-filled. I'm telling you, the Bible says that our spirits testify. I can have a great time with my family that don't know God and I have a great time. But when I come away, I'm still a little bit empty. But I can sit down with you, have a coffee, do nothing overly exciting. But when I come away, I am fulfilled. I am satisfied because our spirits are testifying. Because when you spend time with like-minded, like-hearted, like-spirited people, that's what you'll get from them. Amen? Spend time with God and you will come away more like him every time. Spend time talking with him. You'll come away with the answers that he has for you every time. You know, our thoughts aren't his thoughts naturally. They're just not. But as we spend time with him, which was his plan from the beginning of time, because we're in the Godhead and that fullness is within us, you'll come to know the thoughts of God. You'll come to see what God sees. You'll desire what he desires and you will dream what he dreams. That's the beauty of being a child of God. Ambassadors, citizens and co-heirs. There's a book that, that I really like called The Great Dance. And it, Actually, in fact, we gave it to some of our leaders because it's a brilliant book and it's written by Baxter Kruger. And there's a part in it that says this. It's no accident that when the Apostle Paul was grappling with the eternal purpose of God for humanity, he chose the word adoption to describe it. The basic idea of adoption is to include. It means that one who is foreign outside the family circle is drawn in grace and love within the family circle and the person of that act of adoption is so that the... I should say, and the purpose of that act of adoption is so that the outsider can share in the family's life. How good's that? We are adopted into his family. And the purpose of that act of adoption is so that the outsider, which was you and I, can share in the family's life. God's whole plan from the beginning of time is for us to share in the family life. It's to share in his family, his life, and all that entails. It's to be a part of that circle in the middle of the Godhead. I mean, this is exciting stuff. Daddy doesn't want a single one of his creation to feel left out. There, should be, there shouldn't be a single person in a single church in this single world cosmos universe that should feel left out. But there are. So what are we missing? He's adopted us, regardless of our differences, regardless of a head of hair or lack of it, regardless of those that are thin and those that are not so thin, those that are pretty and not so pretty, those that are intelligent and not so, regardless of any of that, those that know how to make lasagna and those that don't. Regardless of any of that, he still adopted us into his family so we could share the family life together. And what's all that got to do with the church? how I see the church or even how God sees it. I'm glad you asked that question too. God loves us so much that his plan is for us to be together. And God's plan for us is to do life together, to be in relationships. So just for a moment, look to the person on the left and say, God wants me to do life with you. 
Look to the person on your right and say, God's still making up his mind. <laughs> he draws us into this deep, deep relationship with him, yeah? From the beginning of time, it was never to save us, hear this, it was never to save us from sin alone and as a consequence to be in relationship. See, from the beginning of time, it was always, it was always about bringing us back into the family. It was always about bringing us back into the family. It was always about bringing us back into the family, back into the Godhead, back into right relation. And from that place, he now deals with our sin. Yeah? See, he's a good father that loves us, that brings us in, not a tyrant that punishes us and then gives us a token of his goodness. Yeah? He's brought us together. He's brought you and I in this place, Mount Clear Church, together. He had a plan before the beginning of time. He knows the plans and the plans he has for us. And now he's even given us an example of how to live. You've got to love this. It's so simple. And that's to bring people into our circle. Wow. What a theological revelation. His example is for us to bring people into our circle. To share our life with one another. To adopt or include others into our life. To help those around us here at Mount Clear Church feel included. Now why do I see the church like I do? Because that's what God sees. And if that's what God sees, I want to suggest that's what you'll see when you spend time with him. See, we're to share our true selves with one another. We have to be vulnerable with those around us so that they can feel included and not excluded. That's the church in action. And that's God's heart, desire and plan and dream. See, when God looks at the church, he sees a glorious church where all people are included. So maybe, just maybe, we, we need to start looking and having a look around us even here today. Who can we invite into our circle? Seriously, who can we invite? Who have we not invited? You know, who, who can be a part of my family? Who can I share with? Who can I share my laughter with? Who can I share my dad jokes with? Who, who, who can I share my friendship with? Who can I share coffee with? Who can I mock every time they ask for a hot chocolate or cup of tea? I mean, sorry, too far. I know that we've talked about this before, but God is calling Mount Clear Church of Christ to be a church that's like him, that adopts all those that walk into this place. And the church is you. It's not just me. It's not just the elders. It's not just the board. It's not just the department leaders. It's just not the you know, aficionado coffee maker. It's all of us. And it's us, including those around us, amen? Yeah. Imagine, just imagine for a minute. Just close, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Imagine for a minute if every family had another family over for dinner at least once a month. Once a month. That's 12 dinners a year. 12 nights a year out of 365. 
This is not to convict, but it is to challenge because it's a challenge for me too. Because Mel and I often sit there and think, we should, have, we should have this person over or this couple over or these people over. It's like, oh, we're really tired. We don't have the time. We've been busy. So I know it. We're all busy. We're all tired. But we're all busy and tired doing life and running around in circles when God has called us to share our life with one another. Imagine, keep your eyes closed again. Imagine if every person made a phone call a week to somebody and not to somebody you know, not to somebody that you always talk to. Oh my goodness, here comes vulnerability at its best. Someone that you've never spoken to before. How are you going? You were just on my heart. Your face popped into my mind and I thought I'd ring and say good day. Imagine, imagine if we all invited someone that isn't in a friendship group into a friendship group. Just imagine. Imagine if we did that. Because not everyone's in a friendship group, but there are people in friendship groups, and those that are in friendship groups have a rough idea who's not in a friendship group, but they might be in somebody else's friendship group. So what could it hurt to go up to someone that you think's not in a friendship group to say, hey, dude, you should come to my friendship group? And then they'll say, well, actually, I'm already in one. So then you can go to the next person and say, man, we'd love you to come to our friendship group so we can do life with you, so we can share life and laughter and cake and coffee, and we can get around the Word of God, and we can do what God has planned since the beginning of time. Imagine that. Wow, what a church that would be. I had a friend that went with his wife to and visited another church. They just thought they'd visit another church. And do you know what the outcome was? She came out saying, I love that place. When I was there, these women got around me and they talked to me. And, and, and we do this exceptionally well here. But then she said, and then they invited me out. So because of her experience, because these women got around her and invited her out, they're going to this new church. Like, that's amazing. How simple is that? Come on, this has got to be a challenge that stirs in our hearts. You know, who can I invite out? Who's the new person I can do tea and coffee with? Who can I just walk around the lake with? Who can I build this kingdom of God with? Imagine if we truly included everyone. I can see what God sees. What do you see? I know it can be daunting because the starting place is with us, it's with me. It makes us vulnerable. But his people are my people. Yeah? It's not looking for those that we like. This is a cool one because this was a struggle for me. It's not looking for those that we like so that we can spend time with them. It's looking for those that God likes so we can spend time with them. I'm going to let you in on a secret. God likes you all. Man, that makes it really tough. (laughs) And some of you are thinking, oh man, does that mean I need to ring Andrew or spend time with him? I know, I I feel you. But he likes us all. It's not about hanging out with those that we like. It's about spending time and investing and sharing life with those that he likes. The plan that he had since the beginning of time. Like my boys on holidays, they had fun, they made friends and it made our time easier and more enjoyable. Imagine doing life like that. Easier, fun, more enjoyable. The disciples... They went through some tough times, but it was easier, fun and more enjoyable because they were doing it together. Yeah? As we include people in our circle, 
This wasn't as his plan for us all the time, for us to be like him, for us to be like him. That's why it worked for them. That's why it worked for the disciples because they were being, without even knowing, they were putting the concepts and precepts of God in place. As we be more like Jesus and adopt people into our family, we'll have fun. They'll have fun and the best in you, I guarantee you, the best in you will bring out the best in each other. You know, people that come to church, people that come to Mount Clear, people that go to any place that calls itself a Christian church should never feel lonely or isolated. They should feel included, loved and part of family, shouldn't they? Because that's how Daddy made us feel. He included us. He adopted us. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear this, you know, around Mount Clear and those that know of us. You know what I can't wait to hear? I can't, I can't wait to hear Psalm 122. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hey, do you want to come to church with with church with me tonight? Uh, today, tonight, whatever. Where are you going? Going to Mount Clear. Oh, Mount Clear. Man, I can't wait to go there. That's awesome. But you know what? It's not the lights that do it. It's not the PowerPoint presentations that do it. It's not the funky worship that does it. It's you. The Jesus in you. Jesus coming out of you. That's what does it. That's what attracts people. See, if the enemy can separate us from our church family at the time we need him the most, he can rob us of what God has in store for us. God's plan for us is to share all that we are and all that we have with those in his family, his family. The family that you and I have been included into. And I want to finish with this. Why don't we stand? There's a reason that Hebrews says, you know, don't neglect the meeting together. There's a reason that Hebrews says that. It's not about church numbers. It's not about tithes. It's not about offerings. It's about a shared life. So what do you see? I see what he sees. Second Kings in chapter 6. Second Kings in chapter 6. Hey, Ben, do you mind if I have the guitar? Would that be okay? Please? See, I see what he sees. But what do you see? Second Kings chapter 6 in verse 15. This is what it says. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What do you see? I see what God sees. I see a church where people can come and be planted in the house. I see a church where people can come and grow in the Lord. I see a church where people can come and discover their authentic and original design. I see a church where people can come and grow in friendship and true relationship. 
I see a church where people can come and find family. I see a church where the overflow of whose we are and who we are changes the community around us. I see a church where we do life with Father God and with each other. I see a church that brings glory to his name. Mount Clear Church of Christ to engage with our God, his church and his people. What do you see? I see what he sees. And it's a glorious church because that's what he sees. And you and I are the answer to every person that's in this place today, that every person that's not in this place today, for every person that's to come to this place one day. You and I are that answer. The question is, will you be it? I want us to worship for, I don't know, can we sing a song, Ben? If the team wants to come up and help. And I want to declare and decree over this house a sense of family. And not just a sense, but a family in action. That we would grab hold in this place all that God has planned for us since the beginning of time. And that is embracing one another, sharing our life with one another. That's the person on your left and God's just made up his mind and the person on your right. It's the person behind you and the person in front of you. That's a person that you've not yet invited out. That's a person that you've not really said a lot of things to because you don't know them. It's all of that. It's all of us. See, together we can make a difference. So with that in your hearts and with that in your minds, let us declare and decree that truth over our house and over our lives. Amen. And let's sing this song as a declaration to our King. Amen. Amen. Bye. 
all of heaven, with all of heaven, we are saying, with all of heaven, with all of heaven, we are saying, with all the angels cry out holy is the lord god all the earth replies holy are you holy angels cry out holy is the lord god all the earth replies holy are you say thank you that you included us. Hallelujah that you included us. Thank you, God, that you adopted us into your family so that we could share and partake in your life. Lord, you're a glorious God and we thank you for the example that you've given us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the plan that you had before the beginning of time. And Lord, in this place, I ask, God, that you would write on, the, on our hearts, God. Lord, that you would give us that same desire to share our life with one another. Lord, that we would see what you see. That we would dream what you dream. That we would desire what you desire. Lord God, that we would become a people that bring glory to your name. A glorious church. A glorious church. Friends, our challenge, our challenge is to reach out to those that He likes in Jesus' name. I'm going to open the altar for some ministry time.
And I understand if you need to go. But as the band plays, if you would like some prayer, then just come forward and our guys will pray for you. We would love to bless you before you enter the week. If you'd love to stay in worship, then stay in worship. But grab hold of the plan that God has for you, that He's had since the beginning of time. And ask yourself this question, what do I see? Amen. The altar's open. God bless you.